Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Of- Azagia, by far. He was my favorite player. All time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Sox fans, welcome to episode 38 of Good Guys Talk Back. I am Nick Morawski, and this is your fan-centric Blue Collar Chicago White Sox podcast, recording on September 19, 2019. Sox have the day off. They will be in Detroit this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Cease, Nova, and Lopez. Uh, Sox just completed a three-game series in Minnesota, won one of them, should have won two. We'll get to more of that in a moment. Uh, but we are winding down here, the uh, 2019 season. I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us on this podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you've been with us since the beginning, welcome back. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you find your podcasts and every new episode We'll go right into your inbox. You can find us on Twitter at Good Guys TV or on our Facebook page, Good Guys Talk Back. Um, so we've got 10 games left in the season. Uh, this is kind of the uh, farewell tour, the Daniel Polka farewell tours. He got some playing time last night and didn't do much for it. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so let's just get right into the state of the socks here as we're winding things down. Uh, with 10 games left, uh, our Chicago White Sox are 66-86 and 86 and have officially locked up third place in the AL Central. Big deal, not really. Uh, kind of anticlimactic with the way Detroit and Kansas City have played this year. We kind of knew that was most likely going to happen. However, uh, this is the first time since 2012 that the Sox have had a better finish than fourth place, believe it or not. Uh, In 2012, that magical year, that first year with Robin Ventura at the helm, where the Sox held our excitement all the way into late September, uh, battling it out with Detroit, that Sox team was 85-77 and and finished in second place. After that, it's been nothing but fourth or fifth place finishes, some real rough years. Uh, rebuild, of course, started in 2017, where the Sox were 67 and 95. Uh, last year was a was a bad one, 62 and 100. So, Sox sitting in a spot where they could crack the 70 win mark, and they really should. I mean, they've got three against Detroit. Uh, and then next week they come home to finish things off with Cleveland, and then I believe four with Detroit, a doubleheader next Friday. So, you know, this Detroit team wants to lose. They're looking for it. They're tanking. And, you know, we're throwing some players out here that are are really hot right now and some folks we're looking at for a 2020 team. So, you know, I I see this team, 
you know, this team could go six and four, maybe even seven and three down the stretch. I mean, that's that's that that might be asking a little too much, but I see them definitely getting over seventy wins, maybe even seventy three or seventy four. Uh, who knows? Let's get weird. Um, that's why you watch in September, right? Seeing how this team finishes, and this series in Minnesota, you know, they're battling. This team battles all the way to the end. And well, what can you say about yesterday? You know, Sox win three to one in Minnesota against a team that has something to play for still. They haven't locked up the AL Central. Cleveland's right on their heels, and throw and they threw a real tough pitcher at us too. And you know, we had a bullpen game because Dylan Covey, my man Dylan Covey, uh, had to be scratched due to, a, due to an injury, and because of that, created a bullpen game, which uh, it, it worked out pretty well for the Sox. So there's something good that's come from Dylan Covey here. Uh, Sox threw eight pitchers last night, started off with Nova and ended with Colome with his 28th save. And, you know, some of these guys that threw last night, it's almost like, you know, they, they find their comfort zone in these bullpen games when it happens. Because it's happened, you know, more than we wanted it to as fans this season. With uh, Deathweiler or Colby, uh, you know, there hasn't been a fifth starter for this team. So there's been a few bullpen games, and it hasn't gone very well. Last night it went well against uh, a team that can hit the ball like no other team. Um, and you got a guy, here's a guy like Fulmer, Carson Fulmer, who... I'm done with, you know, I've been done with. I just don't think he's going to be a starter for us or maybe not even in this league. He's not going to be a closer. I don't even think he's going to be long relief. But, you know, they're giving him another shot, and he comes into the game yesterday, and, and, and he knows it's a bullpen game. So he knows he only has a couple innings, if that, to focus on. And, you know, he, t he threw two and a third innings uh, with nothing going on. Zeros across the board. He looked sharp. And hopefully this is a little confidence thing for him, but, you know, maybe this is what he is. He is just a situational pitcher. You know, we're only going to use you for an inning, maybe two innings. So you don't need to get yourself all worked up that you might have to go five or six innings. Can you keep a guy like that on the roster? I, I, I don't know. But I feel like there is still some potential with him. And yesterday's game, you know, he... He does this to you, you know, and there's, there's other players that do this where, you know, they, they do something magical for that one game or that one at bat, and you're like, I'm back, I'm, I'm back on the wagon here, and, and that's kind of what happened with me and Fulmer last night. Um, again, I, I don't know what his future holds if he can only do situational pitching, but he looked good last night, so did Jace Fry, and... I think that's another thing you look for in September. You know, you throw these bullpen games and you see, you know, maybe these pitchers have found um, their, their power alleys. Maybe this is what their specialty is. And, and in a lot of ways, that's how baseball works these days, especially in the playoffs. It's specialized pitching. You know, starters go maybe five, maybe six innings, and then it comes down to bullpen. And if Fulmer knows, hey, I'm only going to pitch two innings, or I'm only going to pitch an inning and a third, if that, I don't know, maybe, that, maybe that'll get him right mentally. Um, but, you know, not only did the pitching shine, and they took, the, they took a no-hitter collectively into the sixth inning, I believe. Again, against a very tough offensive team. Uh, but the offense, uh, such, such a joy to watch. 
Um, you got guys like Jimenez and Mancada, and of course Anderson. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um, you know, Jimenez, the last seven games, hitting 448, slugging 742. You know, and, and he's a guy that. It looks like pitchers, they, they don't know what to do with him right now. And he is hot. Leading, the rook, leading rookies with home runs. You're getting, you're getting pitchers that are pitching around him, or they're just putting him on first base. Hey, we don't want to deal with this guy. You know, he's hitting it to all areas of the field. I mean, his power to right center is impressive. Um, you know, I think he still needs to figure out the breaking ball. He looks pretty silly sometimes, but you know what? Hey, he's got a blueprint for the offseason. He's, he's, he had some injuries. He hasn't had as many bats as we want, but what he has done with those at-bats is impressive. He's got over 70 RBIs. You know, I know some of these classic stats, like average home run RBIs, don't mean a lot to, to other folks, you know, with advanced sabermetrics and analyticals and all this other stuff. But look, for a certain type of fan, and you know who you are, the average, the home run, the RBI, they still hold true. And it's been impressive to watch Jimenez grow. And, uh, and Mankata's another guy. You talk about comeback players, and I know Giolito's in that list for the season that he has had, and it's cut short a little bit because of a, you know, a minor lat strain, and that's fine, but that doesn't remove what, what, what's happened with Giolito. But look at Mankata. Here's a guy that moved from second base to third, had led the world in strikeouts last year. I mean, just did not look comfortable from the right side, especially. Hitting 235 last year. Now he's hitting 312, and that's going up. He could finish at 315, 316, maybe even 320. I don't know. I mean, he looks good, and that swing is smooth. Driving the ball to left center. When, when, he's hit, when, you know, when he's hitting this comfort left-handed, hitting power as a righty. Errors are down. I mean, strikeouts are down. It's impressive to watch that this guy play. You know, he had to go through last year to get to this year, and he hasn't even close to his potential, which is just awesome. It is exciting, and it's another reason why you watch in September, and hopefully you have been watching this season. Uh, but look at this lineup. You know, look at this offensive lineup that, that Ricky threw out yesterday. You know, you got Lurie was leading off, and he's been doing a hell of a job, you know, fluctuating uh, defensively all over. But, you know, he's been, he's been at the leadoff spot quite often, and he's been doing a nice job. And then you got Anderson, Abreu, Mancada, Jimenez. That's a power alley right now. Those are four hitters that if I'm a, I'm a pitcher, I, I don't know what to do quite with these, I can't avoid them. I can't pitch around them. Those are four hitters of ours in a row that are going to create problems. They really are. And, you know, it brings me to the, the whole Ricky situation. And, you know, we talked about how this is the Daniel Polka uh, farewell tour. And I, I feel bad for that guy. I feel bad for him. I mean, he had just an amazing rookie campaign last year, and he looked like he was going to just build on it this year, and he just looks clueless, and he, he just, they're giving him, they're giving him chances, but I just hope he doesn't take this, and it just bottoms out for him in the offseason, because, um, you know, when he's right, he's, he is a feared, powerful left-handed hitter, but we only have a one-year 
really a sample size to, to show it, but if that's the farewell tour, is this also the Ricky farewell tour? Are these the last 10 games that Ricky Renteria will be managing the Sox? I say no, but in the conversations I've had with, with friends and family and, and folks on, on social media and folks at the game, you know, there are a lot of folks that are calling for Ricky's head. You know, they want him gone. They don't understand what he's doing. Why is he still the manager? Is this really the guy that's going to take us into the playoffs and beyond? You know, why is he constantly bunting? What's with all these lineups, you know, shifting around? You know, keeping in pitchers too long or not going to certain pitchers. It's, I, you know, I hear that and I see it and it, it, it can be frustrating, but look at what this guy's had to deal with this season. He was given a team that in no way should have been competing for this, for this division at all. You know, a horrible offseason. And then you got injuries from, you know, Carlos Radon and, and Anderson being out for a while and, you know, Makata on the IL, Jimenez, Jimenez learning his way and also being on the IL. No fifth starter, really no DH to speak of, no right fielder. Yeah, the lineup is fluctuating all over. I don't think he knows what, what to do right now and what he has. I think he's starting to figure it out, though. I mean, these last few games... I've been liking these lineups he's been throwing together. And, and some of these guys are coming into their own, which is going to give him a better idea. And the front office, okay, what, what do we need to do in, in the, in the offseason? So who, who are you going to replace Ricky with? I mean, so for a lot of people, I think it's anybody. You know, Ricky or anybody. I don't, I don't care. And I just don't think that's, that's, that's the answer. Ozzy's not coming back. Ozzy's just not coming back as the manager. Joe Girardi will not be the manager of the Sox next year. Is it Biscal? Are you bringing bench coach Super Joe McEwing up? I mean, I don't have an answer unless there's somebody out there that, you know, some teams have figured it out. You look at the Twins. They've got Rocco Baldelli, who I wouldn't have picked as a manager coming in. I mean, did the Sox take a chance on somebody when they're in their window? You know, 2020 is their window. Are they going to take a chance on a guy that hasn't managed before? Yeah, I guess it's, it, I guess it's worked out for a couple managers. Cora with Boston last year, Baldelli this year with Minnesota. You know, it, it's tough. It's a tough situation. Ricky's been here since the beginning of the rebuild, and we all know what happened to him on the north side. As soon as things started clicking, he got canned. Uh, for, for Madden, but I, I gotta feel like the Cubs, they had an idea that it was never gonna be Ricky. And I just don't get that impression with the Sox. I, I, for, I don't know. It's not like I can read anything that Williams or Han does anyway. Not that they're gonna tell you. They're gonna, they will not do that. But I, I'm with Ricky still. I really am. These guys continue to play, they play hard. Yeah, there's, there's you know, some, some mental mistakes here and there and some lapses, but for the most part, they continue to play. And, and I'm really interested to see what happens with a competitive lineup up and down and, and five starters that you can be confident about. And that, again, is up to the front office. Are you going to bring Robert up right away? Is Madrigal ready? Are you going to spend the money? You know, you're, they'll try. They'll try to spend the money on, on a Garrett Cole or a starting pitcher, and they'll give us lip service at Sox Fest that, you know, we were in conversations, but I think the money's going to go towards extensions like we talked about last episode, 
and potentially a DH or a right fielder. I just don't see Reinsdorf and Sox Brass giving up big money for a pitcher. It just hasn't happened. Uh, a, a, not a one-year contract, not a two-year contract, but a guy that will be around for four or five years. I, I just don't see that happening. So I think Ricky stays, you know, because you got McEwing. That, that's the what Sox love to bring in the bench coach, right? They, they did it last time. McEwing's, <laughs> I don't want to get sidetracked here, but, you know, Ricky had shoulder surgery, so he hasn't been going to the mound to relieve uh, pitchers and take the ball and, you know, bring in the next guy. And, boy, McEwing, he can't get enough of this. This guy, sprint, he's, he's aggressive getting out to the mound, and then his, he slaps these guys on the ass. He has got one of the most violent ass slaps I have seen. If you've been watching the game, you know what I'm talking about. We had eight pitchers uh, come through this game yesterday in Minnesota. I mean, he is slapping each one of these on the ass like they're a bull heading out of the gates. Just a weird observation that I had to bring up right now, speaking of McEwing. Um, wow, it was, uh, that was interesting to watch. Going back to uh, this Ricky lineup, and you got Anderson hitting ahead of Abreu. And uh, let's get into the Anderson watch, okay? Uh, we were talking about, and everybody's talking about it. I mean, you can't you can't avoid it on Sox social media and other podcasts and you know pregame shows and, and dirt while you're watching. You know, Stone and Benetti can't wait to talk about you know where Anderson's at and and what he's doing. And it's an exciting stuff. Listen, it's exciting. I give Anderson a tough time with his defense, but what he's been doing offensively is is really impressive, and it's nice to see with this guy. Um, and it's not just power. It's, it's just hitting, and, and obviously it's not power because he's, he's, he's almost uh, locking up the batting title. And he's leading all of Major League Baseball with a three thirty five average. He's five points ahead of uh, Rendon from the Nats. Um, what, what can you say? I mean, that's all. Bring, bring the title to the south side. We haven't had it since Thomas in the 90s. And again, the average, it's one of those stats that if you're old enough, if you're of a certain age, you're like, okay, average, home runs, RBIs, those are the things I look for. And, and, and I know there's all these other advanced stats that we really should be looking for, but there aren't, there aren't awards for those. I think Benetti or Stone brought that up, and it was a good point. It's like, okay, we've got the average, home run, RBI, and uh, you know we're pulling for Anderson. Uh, and with his errors... He's still sitting at 25. He hasn't had any more errors since the last time we recorded an episode. So that's pretty nice. Uh, but we do have 10 games left. And he only needs three to tie his all-time high at 28. So we'll be watching that uh, through these next couple of weeks. Um, we, we mentioned Abreu. Uh, he's been hitting behind Anderson in front of Mikata. He's having a hell of a year. Hopefully this guy gets locked up in the offseason. Uh, you know, with a maybe two to three year contract, um, give him the captain position. I want I want him to see what winning baseball is like on the south side. You know, he deserves it. Uh, they flashed up a graphic yesterday during the game that Abreu now is uh, tied for third place with Pauly for most seasons with 300 plus total bases in Sox history. I mean, Abreu is only this is only his sixth season with the Sox. You know, Thomas is leading the charge with seven, um, seven seasons. Ordonez with five seasons, and Paulie and Abreu now with four. Um, it just shows you how good Abreu is, and he really he's he's a, 
a solid baseball player, uh, especially offensively. You know, he was hurt last year. We didn't get the best of him. Uh, but he's putting up some great numbers. Again, with not having a lot of guys protecting him over the years, he's putting up crazy numbers, in, in, in my opinion. Um, now, reading that list of most seasons uh, with 300-plus total bases, number two on that list, Maglio Ordonez. You know, I kind of had to just pause and reflect on that. And I forget how good Maglio Ordonez was. I mean... He was, a, he was a fan favorite. He was such a solid player for these Sox. Played from 97 to 2004. Eight seasons on the south side, Manning, right field. He could hit for power. He could hit for, you know, doubles in the gap. He clutch hitting. And, you know, I'm thinking, as we all are, about the 2020 team and, and all the potential with the, the current roster and, and what could be added and, you know, the window's going to be open for this team, I think, to be competitive. But then I think about, you know, the, historically, and 2020 is going to be the 20th anniversary of the 2000 Chicago White Sox team. Now, if you're not for, that 2000 Chicago White Sox team was an awesome team. I mean, they finished the division 95 and 67, first place. Um, it, what a fun team to watch. Yeah, and they... they they got upset by the Seattle Mariners in the, in the first round, and uh, I, I had tickets to the, to the next round, to the ALCS. I think they were going to be taken on the Yankees, or they, they would end up taking on the Yankees, and you just didn't see it coming from, from the Seattle Mariners. Sox team had uh, Thomas, who should have won the MVP, but uh, was beat out by uh, Giambi, righted up Giambi. Um, and, you know, Thomas fell flat in that, in that playoff series in 2000. But Ordonez, man, what a year he had. What a year. Hit 315, 32 home runs, 126 RBIs. Um, I hope they do something for that, for that 2000 team next year, some sort of uh, commemorative day to honor the 20th anniversary. That, that was, a, that was a, a fun team to watch, uh, led by Jerry Manuel, of course, and, uh, you know, it's something to look forward to maybe in 2020 with all other promotional things going on. You had, you had Paulie and Burley on that team beginning their, their Sox careers. Soratka, Parquet, Baldwin, Cal Eldred, Kip Wells, Garland. It was a, it was a Jose Valentin. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, next year when they start rolling out these promo items in the offseason around Sox Fest. One of, the, one of the promo items I think you're going to see uh, for 2020 is you've you got to see a Mankata bobblehead. I mean, this guy, give, give him a bobblehead. You know, I don't know how much it means to players at all. I mean, it's, it sure is fun for the fans still, but, you know, what does this guy got to do to get a bobblehead? And I, and I think next year's the year. It, it, it's definitely time. Um, Sox are in Detroit starting tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You got Cease, Nova, and Lopez uh, playing a, an awful Detroit Tigers team, just absolutely awful. And uh, you know what I'm looking for is is Cease. I'm I'm, you know, I'm going to be paying attention to, but all three of these pitchers in this series you could see in 2020. Cease and uh, Lopez for sure. Nova, I, I got a feeling that they're going to have Nova in the starting rotation next year. We don't know what we're really going to get with Kopech. I don't think front office is going to spend big money on a, on a Garrett Cole or a big pitcher. 
So they're going to do the, the regular, you know, hey, we know what we're getting from Nova. We'll, we'll keep Nova. Hey, and we got Kopech, which is like getting a free agent because he didn't pitch last year. Maybe uh, Carlos Rodon's going to come back. I don't think so personally, but I can see that that is the argument for the front office when they give us the lip service at SoxFest. They'll try to spend money other places. They'll say they try to spend money on, on a big arm, but I, I, I think... Folks, I think we're going to have Nova in the starting rotation. So keep your eyes on this guy. They're going to look at his numbers in the second half, and they're going to say, huh, that, uh, that's not bad. We can get this guy in a bargain. We could throw, try to throw our money in other places, probably contract, contract extensions. But you got Cease going tomorrow. It'll be his 14th start uh, this season, and it's been rough for him. But every, every outing has been a learning experience, and he's got a blueprint going into the offseason, and he's got great resources like Giolito to lean on. Uh, through his first 13 games, 3-7 and seven with a 6-1-8 ERA, 67 innings logged, which comes out to be about five innings per start, which isn't too bad. You know, some of the stuff that he came to us with that he was dominating – Triple A with it just doesn't pan out in the bigs, you know, especially when you miss your spots. Uh, his fastball isn't surprising as many people as I think he thought it was, which means you got to mix it up with your secondary stuff to maybe set up that overpowering fastball. And when you don't have confidence in your secondary stuff, you're really behind the eight ball, you know. And he gets down in the count 2 0, 3 1. When you put runners on, these major league pitchers, man, they'll battle you, and a seeing guy single will produce two runs, and before you know it, you're down 2 nothing in the first inning. We've seen it happen with this guy. I just, it doesn't look like it's been getting him down, and I don't think there are any injury issues happening, thank goodness, uh, but he's just got to weather this, man. He's just got to, he's got to ride it out. Uh, I, I, he's going to be fine. He is going to be fine, but like what Mankata did last year and what Giolito did last year, you have to go through those seasons to get to where they're at right now. And you know, once in a while, you'll get a player that just comes up and is lights out, doesn't need any, any time to grow. You know, that's not the case with Cease. And that's fine. That's fine. He'll go, he'll finish up this year, he'll go into the offseason. You know, he'll have a plan in place, and I think he's going to come back strong in 2020, which is, which is exciting, and it should be for all of you, you know, tuning in. All right, I'm going to wrap up this episode 38, uh, Good Guys Talk Back, uh, fan-centric, blue-collar Chicago White Sox podcast. Again, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Just subscribe, and every new episode will show up into your inbox. Thank you so much for joining us especially if this is your first time. Hopefully you come back for more episodes. Uh, find us on Facebook, uh, Good Guys Talk Back, our page, and on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV. I'm Nick Morawski. Go Sox!